Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, we can start with this. I, I'm gonna. Wow. Yeah. I was not expecting that person to look like that. No. <laughs> okay. Uh. Good afternoon, everyone. That's right, switching it up a bit this time. Welcome back to the Late Late Capitalism Show. Before I turn things over to my co-host, Chance, I do just want to say, content warning. We're going to swear. We're going to talk about how it is, and now that I've done this, I can say it, hot as fuck. And we're going to talk about a whole whack of other things involving the Kingston community and one involving not just Canada, but Canada first. But before we get into that, (laughs) thank you folks for bearing with us. Uh... We just were so busy last week, we once again physically did not have a chance to sit down and record, so we apologize for that, and thank you for bearing with us. Chance, speak about it. Tell them what's up. Yeah, um, on one hand, I don't feel bad, because it's free content. Mm. <laughs> on the other hand, I do feel bad, because we ha- usually have a really good track record of uh, getting our shows out every week, but you know, sometimes you gotta wet your nose to the grindstone, as they say. Yeah, considering we have, once again, five jobs between us, and come the fall, I'll have a sixth one. <laughs> It'll yeah, be... I've also I've also picked up some side jobs uh, recently, so <laughs> it's that been really difficult. Sense. Yeah, yeah. But um, thank you again, as Jesse said, for bearing with us. And today, we will be looking at uh, the first queen of Canada to start us off. Yeah, we... At least I literally saw this about 45 seconds ago. So we're going to go on a journey of discovery together. Chance has sent this to me, so he's a bit more familiar. But uh, I'm currently looking at a website called Canada Canada First Party of Canada dot (laughs) CA, which is a tremendous start. (laughs) It's so awesome. And if you're unaware, as I certainly was, the Canada First Party of Canada appears to be a new political entity. Do you know when this party started, Chance? So she's been doing this for a while now. Um, she's had a couple GoFundMes, but they've all had to be refunded. refunded. Um, I'll get back to that in a second. But uh, she seems to be like a new player to the game. The newest um, one to get on the right-wing grift. Yeah, like QAnon... I don't know. What what do they call them? Whisperers? Q whisperers have uh, just in the last couple of months uh, brought her to everyone's attention. Really? So so she is specifically a Q affiliated entity. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They they said that she's verified as the queen of Canada as appointed by Donald J. Trump. That's awesome. So we're going to cut the crap and tell you all about Romana Didulo. Which, yeah, from her own words, is an incredible name. So I'm going to go through and read what she herself has posted on the official Canada First Party of Canada website. I'm letting you know this this gets wild. Yes, um, I'm excited. And folks, for those listening at home, 
Uh, I have not read this until literally right now, so we're going to go on a, on a journey together. Early life. A short background to the name Romana. Rome equals 50% from father's name. Romanul, Romolda Didulo. Anna equals 50% from mother's name. Anna Didulo. The child's name. Child is also capitalized, so... I like the idea of calling yourself the child. She's baby. Like it sounds like a prophecy. (laughs) Yeah, that was her. That was her Twitter handle before becoming a political entity. Was uh, QAnon Baby Yoda, and she'd post really (laughs) sassy memes and truths. Born to a, a privileged life, brackets modern equivalent of royal family, the youngest of two children, Romana was raised speaking English, Latin, Spanish, and Tagalog, and Hilagenon. It says gay in it. Yeah. (laughs) which was taught by her grandmother, a grade one school teacher. The same grandmother of hers who mounted strategic defense and offense and successfully blocked the Japanese from invading their regional stronghold during World War II. Not capitalized. Bizarre. (laughs) Growing up with the profound influence of her grandmother, father, her grandmother, father, Romalda Dildo Jr., a lawyer and engineer, and her mother, Anna Dildo Jr., and her eldest auntie, <laughs> Winnie Frida Dildo Delphin. <laughs> she, she became orphaned at 10 years old and again at age 11. How do you get orphaned twice? <laughs> She's just twice orphaned. You got one set of parents, idiot. <laughs> the background helped spark Romana, not capitalize, passion for public service and shaped her conviction that nationalism and patriotism are the true, true strengths of every nation. Orphan um, life times two. <laughs> Romana's father died when she was the tender age of 10. Just as she was learning to cope with the devastating lose, her mother also passed away a year later. An earth-shuddering experience for a child to go through at the age of 11 years old. Now she's found herself without a father and mother with an uncertain future. This is incredible. And while her grandparents and aunties tried their best to care for Romana and her older brother, no one can ever replace the love and care of a dotting father and mother. These are her spelling mistakes, by the way, folks. I am. Uh, yeah. Could you please describe the image that's uh, there for the folks at yes. home? Yes. So it's a black background with what <laughs> looks to be an inverted diamond with a slash and then a smaller diamond in it and a number three. And it says a title image box text. <laughs> and then slightly below that, it says coping with the loss of both parents while deciding to immigrate to Canada. Far too long of a title. Just. Yeah, that, that's that's a bit of a run on. Ironically, and what seems to have been the cruelest punishment for a young child to lose both her parents, Romana found herself preparing for Canada a few short layers later after their passing. How is that ironic? Yeah. <laughs> Ironically, she moved. Yeah, that's right. Isn't it ironic? <laughs> nobody, nobody saw that coming. And to add insult to injury, Romana realized that the only reason she was admitted to Canada at such a young age is because she was a full orphan. Orphan is capitalized in this sense. Imagine oh the effect... Goodness. On a 10-year-old to lose father and then year later lose her mother, now must live with relatives and grandparents. This is like a Yahoo Answers thing. <laughs> All well, cooping with the idea that she will soon be going to a foreign country, capitalized, called Canada, where she knows nothing about and will have to learn to cope with being away from everything familiar to her and living with another sets of relatives, her uncles and his families. Oh, she's French-Canadian. Going to a new school and learning a new culture. <laughs> A title, image box, text. Adjusting to the new life in Canada at sign, age 15. This is where it gets good. Oh, this? Oh, boy. 
On July 25th, 1990, at the tender age of 15 years old, with yet another heartache of having to leave what little familiarity and comfort she had, Romana summoned her courage to get an airplane bound for Vancouver, Canada. A title, image box text. Conspicuous choice to accept Canada as new home. Uh, this is Latin, I'm not reading this. A title, <laughs> image box text. Latin is a pervert's language. Foster home yep. plus school plus employment plus youth volunteer plus representing Canada at youth conference as panelists in Chicago, USA. Uh, it's the exact same Latin sentence as above. Yeah, just so, people at, just so people at home know, it's lorem ipsum, so it's literally gibberish. It's just, it's what you put... Usually, uh, if you get like a template for something, oh, really? it's, it's what shows up where the text is supposed to go. Uh, I am going to translate this regardless. Because, well, it is her story yes, of I foster do. home and school and employment and youth volunteer. And representing Canada as panelists in Chicago. Oh, so it turns out if you translate it, uh, you get the exact mm-hmm. same thing coming in. <laughs> so that's Wow, cool. that's crazy. I didn't know they did that. That is too paragraphs like oh moving out of foster home and living on my own plus school plus employment uh guess Sorry, how this jesse, one starts jesse you missed it uh it's not moving out of foster home it's moving out of forster home oh that's true yeah she, she i guess she lived with the foresters for a while she did and this sentence starts with lorem ipsum dolar so more of the same oh here mm-hmm. we go the decision to be an entrepreneur and risk of losing it all provided global <laughs> solutions for the labor shortage in the canadian energy sector Ooh. I would also like to say, uh, Miss Didulo here has one of the most bizarre haircuts I've ever seen. I wonder if she did that before or after Trump. Like, I wonder. <laughs> there is I some wonder Trump if she was like, I wonder if she was like, I want to go for you know the the porcupine look, either she, pre or post Trump. She looks like kind of a cross between Sinead O'Connor and Donald Trump, but if Donald Trump was a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> and like I don't know the sexual orientation of Miss Didulo, but that's just she has a powerful lesbian energy to her. That's probably the oh, only yeah. cool thing about her. She probably hated that you said that though. I know. Deciding to enter politics. Uh Lorem Ipsum Dolar, okay. A title image box text. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um and I'll just read the first uh quote she has here. I imagine it's her quote. <laughs> Canada and Canadians' economic freedom or enslavement depends on you. This is your last chance to make a real change in Canada. We have to save Canada and Canadians from globalists and communists' chokehold. That means dissolving all pre-existing national political parties in Canada because they have been infiltrated by and are serving foreign interests. Their plans for Canada and Canadians are not your plans. Hmm. She wants to absolve all parties. Yes, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm looking at some of her platforms, but I'd, I'd also like to read the, the, just the section that says Canada First on the website. Oh, sure, yeah. Welcome to Canada First Party of Canada's website. We are a federal party with specific vision, mission, goals to, quote, put Canada and Canadians first in every decision we make as a government. If you are a patriotic Canadian, permanent resident, landed immigrant and resident, welcome to the tribe. Mm. Don't like her using that word. Uh, yeah, I, I like how she's... I. I like who she quote like is calling to be part of the tribe. Also, she never closes the uh, quotation marks. Oh yeah, continues. so this is still going. <laughs> we are not part of or beholden to the corrupted and inhumane globalist communist NWO UN Great Reset 2021-2030 agenda. Well, that's a relief. Major <laughs> political parties, plural, 
and she put bracket plural for some reason, in Canada who are in on the UN and globalist plans are bent on turning Canada into a third world country and bankrupt Canada on steroid using their <laughs> what? <laughs> bankrupt Canada on steroid using their progressive socialist and liberal ideologies. There's yeah, yeah, progressive about their plan for the people of Canada. They're putting us on steroids. Yeah, Canada First was actually started by Chris Benoit. He, oh, no. He was indicted in the Balco steroid ring, and, and that's when Romana Daidulo realized that, A, Chris Benoit did not kill his family, and she's B... Gonna double, she's going to double-homicide-suicide the political parties. Can you imagine her, yeah, like, strangling Rob Carbone and then uh, <laughs> killing Chris Skye with the crippler crossface? That'd be pretty sick. That'd be fucking awesome, yeah. Look up which federal that. political parties supported, endorsed, promoted, and signed the UN Global Compact of Open Borders in 2015, and another party signed it in 2018. We as a country cannot allow this to continue. We have to put Canada's and Canadians' interests first. Okay, uh, I was looking at the platform. So, government size, we will reduce it from 100% down to 50% and then down to 30%. What do you mean by 100% government? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? I understand reducing the size of the government to 50%, but 100 Yeah. It's such a weird thing to say reducing it down from 100%. Like, yes, obviously. That's Yeah. What yeah, I think it Yeah. So uh, she's just going to cut it in half. Yes. And no, then from and then that half cut it in a third. Less than a third, technically. Yeah. Eliminate right. Canada's foreign and funding program, foreign aid funding programs. So zero economic, financial, or pharmaceutical aid to foreign countries. Uh, defund that's and withdraw. A, that's an insane one. Oh, chance. She loves. She's a defunder, uh, not oh, the police. Oh, though. She, yeah, she's a defunder. Hell yeah. Uh, defund and withdraw Canada's membership from UN, WHO, NATO, ICC. Defund CPC. As long as they. Mm -hmm. Defund communist daughter. Yes, I can support that. Uh, keep Heartland going, though. Defund all domestic and foreign media in Canada. I don't know why she had to specify in Canada. I think it's because she's the queen. She's allowed to do anything she wants anywhere. I love the idea of her defunding foreign media and domestic media in the United States. Yeah. <laughs> it's over for you, demonic President Joe Biden. I'm going to put the uh, One America Network back in charge. Uh, defund and cancel licenses of bracket foreign and domestic foundations, NGOs, whose purposes are not aligned with Canada's national security, economic, public safety, and foreign policy. Reducing your taxes. Oh, you can click on some of these. Oh, no, you can't. Never mind. No, you can't. Yeah, it's just, it's a lie. <laughs> Optimizing the oil industry, travel and tourism. Okay. Seniors. Okay. Farmers. Constructions. You, actually, you can kind of click on these. And if you go to it, I just got to... Travel and tourism, and it says prioritize and promote Canada's unique destinations in each province and territory. Ah, cool. That's a that's a good platform. She's gonna support plan. my jobs. Nice. Yeah. Building of three to fifteen super shipping ports to support northern shipping passage. What? I thought she wanted to like reduce government size. Well, no. So she just wants to do it herself, though. Yeah, no, that's going to be privatized. Canadianization, oh, okay. job creation and protection. Uh, Okay. Oh, there's a section for Indigenous. Let's see what this says. <gasps> there's a section for Indigenous? Canada's Indigenous Wealth Fund. Beneficial owners equal 100% Canadian soil-born Indigenous humans only, not corporations. Create National hey. Water Authority for Indigenous people. Okay. Doesn't seem okay. like something she would actually do, considering she's reducing government oversight. So... 
So it, what she has here is uh, to build water treatment plants and water pipelines to restore, to repair, to care, to control, to manage. Oh, okay. that she says that a lot. Yeah, that's every single point. Okay. <laughs> uh, Create her- a national housing authority for indigenous people. So her top six priorities, though, she's made this very clear. It's listed a few different times. Economy. Sovereignty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, Canada really needs sovereignty. When will we finally be a nation? Uh, corruption. Yeah. <laughs> Investigate and prosecute corrupt politicians, bureaucrats, health crats. Interesting. And law enforcement agencies. Yeah, baby, let's go. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of cool. She's going to lock up the police and the health crats. Uh, criminality. So basically drug and human trafficking. This is all QAnon stuff. Foreign policy, which we've covered, and reducing and eliminating taxes. Uh, you can donate. You can register. There is a forum. So I am considering registering to get access to the forums. Oh, is it is it locked? Yeah. Oh, damn. You have to register and... Oh, wait a minute. I don't think I need... Wait a minute. No, it is not. Oh, we can check it out. I am clicking on American Canadian Patriots. Uh, I'm going to click on something called Nisara. I'm going on Newsflash. Started by Canadian Fighter. She's on Telegram. Yeah, so... Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, there was a a Vice article about her Telegram Uh that I'll pull up here. Okay, I'm just pulling up a couple different uh, forums. I am also just going to quickly look at the candidates they have listed. Uh, what? There's just a picture of a guy with a construction helmet. Is he actually a candidate or is this a filler image? <laughs> no, no, it's just a... <laughs> so I clicked on the picture of the guy with the construction helmet, and this is all it says. GKHJJKHLK... J K J K L K K K K dash comma colon colon K L K K K L K K. So what I got here is um it says newsflash and it's it's been posted by Canadian Fighter mm-hmm. and uh what it says is heads up global patriots Ooh. the middle and lower pisocitos you know who the pisocitos are I have, there's a lot of stuff on here I have never heard of before okay. The middle and lower Pisacitos nonsense will intensify in the coming days because of the following. One, no deals for their bosses have been taken to the spa. Two, they cannot print fake fiat money anymore. Three, they're out of time. No one is taking their poison injections. Four, all of their financiers have been taken to the spa. Five, top Pisacitos from every country have been taken to the spa. Keep calm, hold the lion, pound, 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 Q, <laughs> okay. peace and prosperity or perish, I don't play politics, HRH, Majesty Queen Ramona Digilo. Yes, okay, so I'm registering for this forum right now, just for the record. <laughs> I, I do need to understand what's going on here. Uh, I would like to read, so Canadian Fighter has a lot of posts on yeah. this. I uh, wonder if it's just her. <laughs> that seems very likely. So some of the posts on a thread titled Can USA Border Security and Allied Cooper 18 uh, Congratulations <laughs> to Chief Commander Romana is just how this one starts. And then right. another says, Hello, Overser of the House. I agree with you. Congratulations to Commander in Chief Romana. 
Dear Romana, I would like to congratulate you on your placement as head of state and commander-in-chief of the Republic of Canada. When are you going to be shown to the people on national TV? <laughs> yeah. When? I know. We are demanding When is uh, Peter Mansbridge going to give you a, an interview? Yes. Uh, on the thread titled Q&A for Queen Romana, for those of us unab lay to access Telegram, uh, question... Sunday, July 18th, Vernon, British Columbia experienced a two-hour power outage. Was this in any way associated with the upcoming EBS? Two. In mid-April, it was announced that there was to be a special operations training exercise between Vernon and Kamloops. Am I right in assuming that this was not a training exercise, but personnel placement mission? It seemed odd to me that Spec Ops would be doing training exercises at this time when so many events are taking place. Uh, the remember answer to both when, is yes. Remember when uh, people were worried about... Um what it was like before when what when it was like just at the very beginning of the pandemic and uh, people were mad at Trudeau because there was like Chinese troops in Canada. Do you yes, remember that? I do. That's what I assume they were talking. The fuck about. happened with that? Uh, they installed a shadow government. Justin Trudeau is no longer the prime minister. <laughs> Justin Trudeau is actually Xi Jinping. It's actually they used a clone. So if you've ever played the uh, GameCube game, 007 Agent Under Fire, you would be aware of the elaborate cloning exercises that were conducted uh, by that game's main antagonist. And it turns out that was not a game, but rather the first of many Q proofs. Because who's the guy that gives James Bond all of his gadgets chance? Q. Oh, fuck. It's been in front of us the whole time. Alright, username. Uh, I'm gonna register under the official podcast name, just for the record. Sure, yeah, that's fine. Right. You're allowed to do that. I am um, making my password. And I'm just going to read a quick. Uh, we have to be like this person. Uh, this person's name is Angel, and they posted like a couple weeks ago at 1.39 a.m. Um, they spelt Queen wrong. So oh. Keen, Keen Ram Ramona <laughs> oh, cool. of Canada. I am so ready to serve you and the people of Canada to get the deep state down. Enough is enough. So happy to know that you are here for us and the people. We the people. And we will help you with all we have. Smiley face, smiley face, smiley face. Mm -hmm. For my part, I am so ready since so. more than one year now. God bless you. God bless we the people. And God bless the military fighting for us and with us. Heart, heart, heart. So do I slash we have to wait very long still. Right. Do we? I think she might be disappointed. Uh, I have... Sorry, I don't think it's possible for me to register for this forum. <laughs> okay. Really? Yeah, it shows me where Is to log in. It's a closed in, forum? It shows me where to log in, but not to register. I'll figure this out later. Uh, I'd like to read a post and then a response from a man by the name of Percy Pinkerton, and then he's being responded to by Canadian fighters. So Percy says, I'd like to believe, but I've moved the fence. Some things just don't sit right with me. I'm getting battered at home by family and friends. I feel at times to be completely isolated. At times I say, what the hell? Death is sounding pretty good. Been there, done that. Damn. Yet I still hang on by a single hair and it's getting slippery. I think I might take a long nap. Wake me up when it's over. Uh, to which Canadian fighter responded with, Percy, you need to keep the faith. I know it's difficult. If you are being battered at home for your beliefs then perhaps it might be a good idea for you to step away from your family and friends for a time. Take a time oh, to enter your own private closet and contemplate what is really going on. Have Tell some real one-on-one -on -one time with God. 
He is always there for you. Things will get worse before they can get better. I, too, have often wished I wasn't living through this time, but then I would listen to something or someone that would say we are living in exciting times, and although doubtful, I become a little more confident that we are here for a purpose. And right now, I think perhaps that purpose is to prepare ourselves to help rebuild the world with a much more loving and caring one. If you have a place, then you can get away to a shed or a drive to a remote, peaceful place. Shut off your phone from being contacted by everyone that maligns you, even for a couple hours at a time. Go talk to God, open up your heart, and learn what you need to do. Pondering everything that you've learned from family and friends will eventually come to realize that maybe you are on the right track. God bless. We'll be praying for you to hold on and have the strength to go on. This is a surprisingly supportive forum. Oh, here we go. But it's also like, it's the same shit that cults do, um, which is like, hey, man. Your family is saying that it's weird. Like, you should step away from your family. Exactly. So here's one final thing uh, from a poster called Great Awakening and then a response from, guess who, Canadian Fighter. Oh, hell yeah. So Great Awakening says, I used to watch slash listen to Rebel News, but as of late, I believe they are too controlled opposition. When they did the interview with Chris Guy, all they did was trash him as they were doing to Romana. One thing we need in Ontario is for stores to be informed that masks are no longer mandatory since June 9th, 2021, which is not true. Uh, No one is informing them to take their signs down. They are keeping people in fear. This needs to stop. Thank you for waking up. This is our time now. Peace. I like... I like the idea that it's like a unified front from stores to keep people scared. <laughs> you know, it's the business plot, but for masks. You don't think fucking businesses would be the first, like, yes. to take down those signs? Oh, my God. The, se- the the literal second they could. Yeah, yeah, they don't give a fuck okay. about public health. They're literally only doing it because they have to. So, Canadian Fighter responds, literally 10 minutes later... Funny that you mentioned Chris Sky being trashed by Rebel News, because on episode I watched had Sky trashing Romana, and yes, it was on Rebel News as well. I have definitely stopped subscribing to Rebel News. I like True North, but I don't find them diverse enough. Huh? I don't really um, know any other potentially good Canadian newscasters with emphasis on news. I'm in BC. Hmm. Mm. And I don't know of any here. As for Mass, there is still signage up here as well, although it reads much like... Masks are recommended. Hair salons are all requiring them, but there are still so many sheeple out there afraid to take them off. I believe Kelowna has demanded to go back to masks due to the upswing. No thanks. Don't need to go there. I'll shop at home. When they are going to realize that masks do absolutely nothing. I commented a few times, got told, your opinion. Yeah, my opinion along with 99% of medical personnel. What a bunch of lambs heading off to Clift and are ready to jump over. So... Just watch Stu Peters. Never heard of this guy. <laughs> it appears that a man in Alberta has defeated the courts in regards to proving that COVID does not exist. And it's in the court records as well. We all know it will not hit MSN, but this will soon go worldwide. Uh, this was posted eight days ago. Has this gone worldwide? <laughs> I, um, I'm always really surprised. You know, there was a lot of um, articles coming out saying that the alt-right ideology and like the far-right stuff will be more pertinent in the coming days because of people's reactions to covid Mm -hmm. and i don't know if i necessarily believe it but i could easily see it happening by reading these people's reactions you know what i mean like they all seem like they're regular fucking human beings like they're not on here being like we should you know attack people i guess unless they're politicians but like we even do that um, like they're 
for the most part, they're being pretty reasonable to each other. Uh, and in general, oh, yeah. it's just like there's just certain things that they're very ignorant about, which is also understandable. But then it gets caught up with the idea that like <laughs> they're talking about this in such a reasonable manner under on a website where the lady is talking about like people being uh, punished by death <laughs> for enforcing health and safety rules. Well, yeah, it's it's a very bizarre thing. It is one of the more, uh, yeah, cordial online communities I've ever seen. And then it is it is really so funny when you think about what this community explicitly exists for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it reminds me that, like, a lot of these people are just, like, either very young children or boomers that get caught up in this shit. I'm going to say one... Not necessarily malicious people. million percent of the people on this website are boomers based on the way they type. And the language they use. I don't think there's a yeah, lot of young some, people. Some guy here. was saying he still uses a flip phone. That okay, that's pimp shit though. Like I can respect <laughs> that. <laughs> he was like, I can't. I, this whole thread is based on the guy not being able to access Telegram because uh, he still uses a flip phone. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he can play plenty of brick break though. He's like, just got a cue proof that when you break all the bricks on level ten, uh, you get to see an image of Hillary Clinton hanging from a noose it's like whoa yeah i just put giant cues on the screen when i play snake and that's kind of how i get my high score that's crazy this game is Uh, sick (laughs) we need to bring brick bacon and snake back and snake back yeah definitely that's the cue way well so i i felt like bringing this to your attention it was brought to my attention from a listener out there and um definitely a fun thing to look forward to Mm. uh Ramona Flowers, uh, I salute you in your efforts to be Canada's uh, queen. Ramona Didulo ruined a generation of politicians. <laughs> I fucking hate that song, man. Yeah. That song makes me so sad. What if What um, if it was about Ramona Didulo though? Then it would be kind of cool, right? If, any, if anyone wants to know what we're referencing, um, a couple weeks ago I sent Jesse the song, who the fuck is it by? Negative XP. Ugh. And it's uh, it's called Ramona Flowers Ruined a Generation of Women. And it's like, it's incel just incel core. core. Yeah. And it's horrible. And it just makes you feel gross listening to it. Um, and yeah, it's it was actually about the Queen of Canada. Ramona um, Didulo. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got a, a Vice News article here about her that I'll uh, tell you about real quick. So, Ramona Didulo, the woman at the center of the QAnon-adjacent conspiracy that revolves around her being secretly put in control of Canada by Donald Trump, has raised $54,000 of her $25 million goal on GoFundMe. $25 million? (laughs) Yeah. What the fuck, lady? The campaign only... You don't get to keep that unless it gets fully funded. Use... Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, say, like... I don't know, a thousand bucks. Use the oh no, I'm thinking of Kickstarter. No, GoFundMe does work. Yeah. Oh, can you can you just opt out at any point and be like, yeah, see you suckers. Yeah, exactly. Kickstarter is the only one where you absolutely have to raise like the full amount to keep it. Yeah. So uh, the campaign only lists Didulo and does not indicate exactly where the money will be going. Uh, instead, it simply says, hi, I am the Queen Ramona of Canada. <laughs> I am fundraising to build homes for families in B.C., Canada, what? who lost their homes to B.C. wildfire. That is and that was that's all it said. What she is fundraising for. <laughs> that's <laughs> and then, really horrible. And then it got taken down and everyone was refunded. Good. She, that's like 
It's one thing if you say I am raising money for a political party and the political party doesn't do anything. Like that's the Rob Carbone, Chris Sky grift. But it's another thing yeah. entirely to say I am raising money for the BC wildfires and then putting that towards your foolhardy political grift. Like that's horrible. Yeah. Do you remember when um, there was that cease and desist form that was going out saying like this? Your business needs to be shut down because everyone has to wear a mask and uh, I'm the queen of Canada. So therefore your store is closed now. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. She uh, that was her. Um, <laughs> I'm a fan of she her work. Yes. Apparently she also recently posted a cease and desist notice to all farmers who she believes are <laughs> intentionally destroying crops and livestock to create a famine and vowed to execute them. Wow, this woman's insane. I love her. The penalty for crimes against humanity in Canada is death. Death. Uh, Furthermore, true, your farms will be seized and transferred to men, women, farmers who have demonstrated their pure intentions to save human life on Earth. <laughs> I love the fact that she has been declared Queen of Canada. Remember when Chris Sky bought the trademark to like. <laughs> Like the Canadian, all the Canadian banks and essentially was like, oh, I own the trademark. So therefore we own the banks. Therefore we own Canada. This woman just yeah. like skipped the middleman and just said, fuck it. I am the queen of this stupid country. Apparently she also routinely posts about how powerful she is and how she's in touch with a galactic federation that can make it rain. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> what now? Yeah, she's in touch with the galactic federation and can control the weather. This woman just saw that one South Park episode and assumed it was a documentary. <laughs> this is me. That's right. Wow, this is this is so me when I contact the Galactic Federation. Yeah, no, this... What an all-timer. I love her so... She's way more interesting than Rob Cartbone and even way more interesting than Chris Skye. Although Chris Skye has a more proven track record of, like, hilarious griffs. So she's yeah, got some yeah. work to do. I feel like um, if only... Ramona was a little more public. Mm. Um, we could get a lot of good content out of her. Yes, we could absolutely mine ten years <laughs> worth of podcasts if she hits the uh, not even the mainstream, but she just keeps on going. Yeah, she just needs like a a campaign or something like a campaign trail. She should honestly. What should be best is like all these dissident parties, like the PPC, Canada First Party of Canada, the Republican Party of Canada. They do need to kind of combine, a la like Reform Party and Progressive Conservatives in the early two thousands. Like, they might actually win a seat then, <laughs> or at least go on Joe Rogan. That'd be sick. I would love to see Ramona Dildo on Joe Rogan. I feel like it would be the only time I've ever watched Joe Rogan. But yeah, uh, that'd be also awesome. Ramona Ramona Dildo. If you ever want to go on our show. That's awesome. Uh, we should get her on the show. We probably could. Uh, I don't know. Apparently, Vice was really tough to get her. But, like, I don't know. Maybe we go undercover. Um, we say we're members of the Galactic Federation. This is the Galactic <laughs> Federation podcast. Yes. My, my name is Zerzazan, and uh I'm Zorg Beastly. That's right. I'm a, I'm a level seven Charonian, and, and we are yeah. here to offer you full-time membership to the Galactic Federation. <laughs> for the work you've done in combating evil farmers and the political elite. I'm whatever race Jar Jar Binks is. Oh, you're a Gungan? <laughs> I thought he was Jamaican. Well, the, <laughs> the human version of Gungan is Jamaican, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just like how the human version of whatever Watto is, is <laughs> <laughs> That is true. That is true. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was uh, Megan's action from beyond the grave, making sure we do not veer into the realm of anti-Semitism for saying that Watto, the uh, money-grubbing space alien from episode one, is beep. <laughs> We're going to have the ADL on her ass. Yeah. God, God damn it, they're talking about Watto again. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The ADL really, I'm surprised they didn't get Phantom Menace boycott. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, I feel like that went under... Oh, I was going to say that went under their noses. That's not a good thing to say. No. That really no. did slip past them, though. Like, absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes. I, f- I feel like the ADL probably gets a pre-screening of every single movie that's ever made now, because that's the power of the Israel lobby. But it's like, that probably started after Phantom Menace, and they were like, oh, no, you can't do this, guys. Yeah, we got we to gotta get on this quick. George, what's your problem, man? <laughs> what did we do to you? Episode one is the weirdest one of all that. Uh, it's just stereotype after stereotype. I th- yeah, weirdest is probably correct. Episode two also has a lot of bizarre things in it, but episode one has more of the racist stuff, so it's pretty yeah. fascinating. Yeah, yeah, and sand. Well, sand, sand is also episode two. That's their big thing. Yeah, that's true. All right, well, let's move from anti-defamation to anti-gentrification. Ooh, yeah. Which is, uh, our podcast is going to come out now officially by saying that we are anti-gentrification. <laughs> Boom. Done. Wow, that's a hot take. Yes, yeah, so somebody had to come out and say it. I know a lot of other podcasts have shied away from speaking on yeah. gentrification, but we're not one hopefully, of them. Hopefully we don't lose any listeners to that. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> If you listen to our our show and you're pro gentrification, get the fuck out. We don't care anymore. Yeah, if honestly, if you're over the age of like 30 and you listen to our show, what's wrong with you? Like And that's going to be us soon. Yeah, not yet though. I won't Not yet I, though. That's true. We won't be here in 4 years time or whatever. The world's going to yeah. end. We're fine. That's true. That's very true. Um yeah, so uh from Anti-Defamation League to Anti-Gentrification League, um, there's been a lot of talk recently about gentrification in the Skeleton Park area, uh, mainly because it's been brought to light in a very provocative way from the Instagram page, The Real K-Town. Have you seen this, Jesse? I actually haven't. I like. I think you sent one of them to the group chat once, but I really didn't pay all that much attention, so I'm intrigued to see this. I think I just sent the link to yes, you. Yes, you did. Yes. Um, oh boy. Yeah. No. It's it's actually pretty great. Um, they have a they they have a post about uh, Mernie the horse. Oh god. And it's, it says free Mernie, free them all. Mm-hmm. Yep. There it um, is. Yep. They also have uh, Uno afford a house or draw twenty five, and the guy has uh, twenty five cards <laughs> in his hand. Um, but oh, then yeah. they have they have some interesting ones that aren't more general. Um, you know, uh, critique, I guess you could say, and is more specifically targeting certain businesses in the Skeleton Park area that uh, have recently made more of a stink. Um, so we got one here, and it's a post, again, from The Real K-Town. Shoutouts. Um, and the post, the caption says, Thanks, Daughter's General Store, for being the only place around here where I can get eggs or milk. And uh, it's a quote from an article from the Skeleton Park Press. And it says, uh, Peter, we talked, Peterson said, about how it would be cool to have a grocery store in our neighborhood and how those are quickly becoming extinct because real estate is so high. You see that a lot in Toronto. They're all turning into apartments. 
the early concept was sim- simple. Peterson wanted a place for people in the community to stop in and pick up eggs or milk. Um, the interesting thing about that quote <laughs> is that there's so many goddamn convenience stores in this area yeah, that have been around for like ever. The store famous. Oh yeah, I I've, love store famous. I fucking love lie. store famous. The 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 people that run that store are some of the realest people. In Paul the is cool area. as fuck. Yeah. Paul is a fucking sweetheart. Absolutely. And, and they put up with like, so much I, shit as well. I went in this there this morning and he was burning incense and he apologized to me. And I was like, dude, no, this is awesome. Yeah, this rocks. Yeah, it's great. Let me grab my Arizonas and get out of your hair. <laughs> um, but so what ended up happening was, you know, there's a lot of, um, I don't know how you'd describe it, but they're trying to, there's a lot of newer stores and even some stores that have been around four or five, six years in the area that are kind of catering to a specific demographic in the economy. And that demographic being mainly, you know, uh, young or, you know, maybe up to like late thirties, uh, with money and, right. and, and white. And and those stores, (laughs) yeah. And those stores are, are, you know, stores such as daughters or, um, the Elm Cafe is another one, and there's a new one, Pizza Monster, pizza and Monster. yeah, that's a it's like a pizza shop. Interesting. And the thing with these places is that um, it's not what they sell, and that's what a lot of people get wrong with gentrification. I think, like what they sell, I guess it depends, right? Because there's sometimes where you have something placed in a neighborhood where the economics of the store and who it's selling to is completely disproportionate to who lives in that area. But more importantly in this case with Skeleton Park is that these stores are these, um, you know, either restaurants or, or grocery stores or what have you are specifically targeted marketing towards, like I said, um, white wealthy and millennials for mm-hmm. the most part, right? And the problem with that is you run into that being a drawing point for, or rather a selling point for landlords in the area um, because they can start pointing to these stores and be like, look at these cool hip stores in the area that are directly catered to you and your likes, like algorithmically generated Mm -hmm. (laughs) to, to draw you in and make you spend money and feel like, uh, you know, you're a part of the community. And again, even that in itself isn't necessarily a problem the problem is, is if there isn't anything to balance out that behavior. Um, mm-hmm. If you are going to cater to that market, the least you can do is set up some kind of an agreement with the community by talking to the people in the community and seeing what people need um, and kind of working with them to make sure that people's needs are met uh, in any way possible. Like the, the an example I'm thinking of is um, the goat, right? Mm-hmm. So the sleepless goat was in Kingston for a very long time, and they started drawing a real like intense hipster crowd. Yeah, right? oh yeah, um, especially near the end of their of their days. Uh, but the goat kind of counterbalanced that by also giving out like free soup to homeless people because yeah, they recognize that pattern, right? Right. And and I think that's something that these businesses can do, but they don't think about mm-hmm. is that if you are going to you were totally allowed to market as you wish, I guess, sell your goods at whatever price you want, I guess. 
but at least balance it out mm-hmm. so that you're not making the people in your area feel ostracized or that you aren't necessarily catering to them. Right. You're or not or you're catering to very specific people in the area. Yeah, at least <laughs> Make it look like you're not just trying to drive the current residents out of the area and replace them <laughs> yeah. with literally anybody else. And and there's arguments that you hear about that, right? Where it's like, oh, well, what's wrong with um, landlords seeing these businesses come in and wanting to improve the living conditions of the area? And it's like, well, the problem is, is that they only want to improve the living conditions of the area first to make more money. Mm-hmm. And second of all, they do so in bringing new people in rather than increasing the living conditions of the people who are already here. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's seen as like a marketing tool. And so when it comes to these stores that are marketing towards those people, um, like I said, there has to be some level of balance or, or else what you get is you get um, a new wave of the pricing of housing in the area goes up. Um, the people who originally lived in the area have to move because they're getting threatened with the eviction or, or, you know, they get offers for their places that are obscene to shut down. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the community stops becoming the community that it was, and it starts becoming a very specifically catered community. And, you know, some of the arguments that people had, there was some, some drama and some of the arguments were like, well, why don't you go after the landlords then? It can't be these businesses' faults for this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can do both. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> you can, like, people already have a disdain for landlords. That's not something you have to necessarily win people over with. No. Um, it's similar to the police. Um, people already have a disdain for police. It becomes culture war when you try to win people over because mm-hmm. people already inherently have that skepticism when it comes to that kind of authority. Um, so there's no point in trying to convince people because then it becomes an us versus them. Um, it's the same thing with landlords. People inherently dis- like fucking hate landlords, right, they should. whether they know it or not, <laughs> yep. because it's someone who's leeching off of your, um, your income and your livelihood just so you can have a, a roof over your head, you can, right? Just so you can have the, one of the most basic human rights, yes. Right, whereas gentrification from businesses branding to certain demographics is a little more complex, and a lot of people don't realize that that's what's happening, and that's how these things happen, in uh, especially in smaller communities like the uh, Inner Harbor area here in Kingston. And so it does become something that needs to be brought to light, and it doesn't have to be exclusive to criticisms of landlords and rent increases and stuff like that uh, they can go hand in hand it's it's totally it makes sense if anything i don't know have you noticed it in kingston you've lived here a lot longer than i have oh absolutely i can even tell you from because i was a queen student so in a sense i'm also playing a role in this complete overhaul of like the kingston renting and living population but yeah. even from when i moved into the city like almost 10 years ago, you can see a dramatic increase in both the price of rent and the development of these more upscale living accommodations that are built specifically for students and even more specifically than that, international students. Yeah, they're not they're not built for, um, you know, you hear about the the, the broke student or the student no. budget. Like, it's these not for those people. Ex- like, extremely expensive. These are luxury condos, essentially, 
because the city of Kingston has started shifting its focus towards recruiting more international students because, A, they can charge them more, and B, there's just more international students than there are domestic ones now because birth rates continue to steadily drop because this fucking country and really the world itself is a nightmare place to live in and nobody can afford to have children. Right, right. It's like the rent in the place that I first rented when I got to the city. So when I moved into Kingston, I split a two-bedroom apartment, basement apartment that was all-inclusive for $500 a month. Yeah, yeah. I had a uh, an apartment, uh, like an attic apartment, that was a one-bedroom that I split with somebody, um, a partner of mine at the time. And it was, I think it was $700 all-inclusive. Yeah. Nowadays, so we were able to split that to like three fifty each. That basement unit is now almost twice the price. It is eight hundred and fifty dollars a month now. Right. Like I was talking to somebody. And wages at one of, wages haven't increased twice the price. No, wages have stagnated. And I was talking to somebody about this at one of my other jobs, whose family member is a real estate agent, and they were saying that the market's gone up like eighteen percent in the last three years alone. Like right, yeah. The city is becoming extremely extortionately expensive to live in yeah and skeleton park is just a microcosm for that honestly gentrification began in skeleton park before the 1900s that area used to be very famously a cemetery yeah in fact in 1805 they originally opened it as a cemetery and it was kind of an all-purpose site a lot of poor people buried there a lot of rich people buried there and most importantly by the middle point of the 19th century a lot of very sick people buried there. Skeleton Park was absolutely rife with essentially plague pits, like everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So there's still eight to ten thousand people buried in Skeleton Park area, like a lot. Mm-hmm. And in 1893, their plan, the city wanted to essentially convert that cemetery into a city park, which if you've been to the area, you know they succeeded in doing. But rather than move every single person buried there, that was their original plan, is they wanted to move to eight to 10,000 and rebury them in other grave sites throughout the city. But uh, they got a essentially a cease and desist from the American consulate who said, if you open up these like plague pits, we're going to shut down the harbor. So that's why Skeleton Park is still rife with bodies, because the city of Kingston was like, well, we can't have that. But mm-hmm. instead, their plan was just to uh, pave over everything and, yeah, turn it into a, a nice place to live. It's like this is an ongoing gentrification process that's lasted like 120 plus years. Yeah, exactly. And now that we're getting more people moving into Kingston from outside of the city, a lot of people coming down from Toronto especially, it's driving the housing market even further through the roof. Like, Kingston, the uh, housing advocacy group, like the working group they commissioned back in, I think, 2019, said to avoid a housing crash and avoid a housing crisis, they would need to build 100 units of affordable housing per year. This is 2019. Do you know how many they built? 75 total. They're supposed to build 100 a year. And I understand that COVID would have an impact on that. Don't get me wrong. But the fact that they've just dragged their feet and have only been able to produce, and they're not even open yet. They were supposed to open in July, but they haven't only been able to produce 75 units this city's going to be so fucking underwater yeah 100% it's it's already it's people have been talking about the city being at a boiling point for decades and it, it's and it's so close to that fucking boil now like there's no turning back yeah it's just getting worse and worse to the point where like the um 
the austerity is so real um and it, it's it's palpable in some areas of town oh 100 you know you see you see a brand new house right beside a house that looks like it could probably catch fire at any moment um and you know the the difficulty is you know a lot of people say things like oh well that's just like you know a community growing and and things <laughs> are just building up and stuff like that and it's like yeah but like we need to also build up these people who have called this place their home for decades you know for decades yeah they're like families like generations of families have lived here and 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 people need help right if most of the people in your community are being supplanted by new people that's not so much natural community growth that's community growth but it's not a natural one because traditionally a natural community growth would involve members of that community you know yep growing within it not members of that community being essentially priced out of it and replaced with a new upper scale one because if it happens once it's going to happen again and eventually we're going to reach a point and it's already being seen across the world where nobody can afford to fucking buy a house and you're just going to yeah. have private real estate and landlords buying those houses and further compounding the rental market and the people that need to live in the city the most right the people that can't afford transportation outside mm-hmm. of the city so they work within the city and usually within walking distance of where they live um those people are getting run out and you know in the past what you would do is you would save up enough in order to buy like a car or something right and you would move outside of a city so it'd be a little cheaper for you but people can't even get to that first stepping stone no there's and not so what chance. happens now is everyone is in like uh not everyone but so many people who have lived here for so long are now in like rental house situations. It's limbo. Um, where instead of being able to make savings at all in order to progress financially, they are essentially stuck with these leeches sucking their whole fucking income from them mm-hmm. um, and not able to save and move forward. And then you get these living conditions. Uh, like I said, where, you know, you have these houses that are, are not being kept up and are not uh, even growing in value necessarily uh, living beside these brand new places that are, you know, half mil up to a million dollars were spent on it. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, it, it's incredibly noticeable. And so the issue becomes how do you help the people in your community uh, and lift them up to that point where, they are safe in their place to stay here, mm. right? And I think a lot of that relies on the the city of Kingston actually giving people the support that they need. Huh. Well, that's not good then. <laughs> no, because they're not going to fucking do anything. No. it's they, we, You know, they've never done anything. They don't care. They'd rather spend millions on tourists. Oh, boy. Would they ever... <laughs> It's it. It's, we've essentially uh, we're disrupting feudalism. We're bringing it back, folks. All land in Kingston will soon be owned by one of many fiefdoms. You'll have the Patry fiefdom of uh, they of the exploding student housing. You'll mm-hmm. have the Varsity Properties fiefdom. You'll yep. have the Panadu fiefdom, the Frontenac uh-huh. fiefdom, and it, we're going to see feudal wars coming once again. Like you'll have the the Springer fiefdom. Oh God. Yeah, well, they've, you know. they've got the control because they have the central hockey arena fortress. 
essentially yes. the food basics is going to be reclaimed and become part of the fiefdom and the kingdom and and you're going to have feudal wars here in the city of Kingston. It's going to be a clash of clans, but without Kate Upton to look all sexy with her big old fangs out. <laughs> and yeah. this is what's coming. You're going to have to, it's going to be a microtransaction, new age feudalism. And mm-hmm. I cannot wait for it. I was going to say, this isn't even doomerism. This is just where we're heading. This is just the reality now. There's nowhere yeah. to live in the city unless you rent from some kind of parasite. Yeah. Yeah, Even yeah, the most exactly. notorious Queens landlords aren't being are being like outpaced by these fucking real estate conglomerates. Yeah, because you know they they make enough money in order to buy such large swaths of property, mm-hmm. um, and then it just fucks everybody over because like one company cannot maintain that many properties at once. Could you imagine Daphne Dean pouring hot pitch or hot silver down Bruce Patry's throat? <laughs> That'd be, that'd be pretty good. I'd actually respect her, even with her weird curtain requirements. I'd be like, yeah. Daphne, you, I am swearing allegiance to you. You are my dragon queen. Thank you for killing the hated Patry overlords. Yeah. Like, there, there genuinely needs to be, like, a cap on yes. how many properties you can own. Yeah. Just like there should be a wealth cap. And everything after that is, uh-oh, sorry, that belongs to us now. Go suck a shit out of my ass, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> you know... And people can argue all they want about, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know what people argue anymore. I don't talk to people. No. But people can say things like, oh, well, that's, you know, limiting people's ability to grow wealth and stuff like that. Good. It's like, yeah, but like <laughs> people you. should only, you only need a certain amount of wealth. It's absurd to be any higher than what you have. Yeah. At that point. To, to, a, to a degree, right? And it's, I, my response to that is always good fuck you you have enough to live good that's all you need yeah go fuck yourself if everyone else can handle it you can handle it if you have more than enough you need to live guess what that means somebody doesn't yeah yeah easy it's a super simple thing money although it's fake is also tangible and we know you can't just make more of it because if you do then the economy will explode so if you have 10 trillion dollars and i have 10 dollars I now have part of your $10 trillion. Sorry, <laughs> motherfucker. That's how it works. Yeah. Oops. I'm going to... Oopsie beat- daisy. Otherwise, Wire transfer gonna- to my bank. <laughs> I'm going to beat the fuck out of you, motherfucker. <laughs> and I like the people that say, too, they're like, oh, uh, you're only saying things like this because you're poor. Yes. And it's like, well, first of all, yeah. But second <laughs> of all, if I if I had money, I'd probably be delusional enough to think that I needed that money. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what fucking happens. If everyone else can survive, you can survive too. So go fuck yourself, Patri. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's simply all there is to it. Yeah, yeah. You want to send us out? Uh, yes. Thank you so much for listening, folks. Please stay cool. It's going to be another hot week ahead of us. So genuinely hydrate. Stay out of the sun as best you can. If you do work outside, especially if you have a difficult job, either dealing with the public or doing manual labor, my solidarity to you. Uh, We'll hopefully be back next week. Once again, sorry and thank you. It's been a pleasure as always. Bye-bye. Bye.